Well, good morning, everyone. I must say, this topic is very close to my heart, and um, there's so much to say about this topic. And I've got about 20 minutes, 24 minutes actually, in which to unpack a whole banquet, like a feast of ideas and things that I'd love to share with you today. Last week, Troy spoke to us about the idea of the Holy Spirit being a transformative power in our lives, that we might be reborn again. And we bumped into a few words, spirit, grace, prayer, and we still might bump into more of those. And as I talk today, you might notice that I use the word the Holy Spirit or spirit or God's spirit. I wonder, where do you go when you need help? If the spirit is our helper, we might go straight to him. But if we don't know him, where do we go? You might say, well, I go to my friends or I go to my family, my parents, maybe your children. Maybe you watch a TED talk if you need help in a certain area. Or maybe you might get a self-help book like How to Win Friends or Influence People. Oh, I've just missed a slide there. Is there a slide there about some self-help there, Tim? I might just wait for that. You see, when we go to look for help in self-help books, they might be really helpful for what we need at the time, but sometimes self-help can't help us in a spiritual sense. We need something greater and something bigger than ourselves. You see, we are made up of a body, which is what we have here, a mind, which is our thinking area, our will and our emotions, or our spirit, that part of us which is actually eternal. And sometimes we need a spirit helper in order to help that spiritual side of us. There is one helper that the Bible mentions as the truth or the helper that can help in that area, and he is called the Holy Spirit, and he is the real deal. You might hear some stories sometimes, weird stories, about how people are miraculously healed, or how um, certain things happen that you just can't explain. And that's because he is the actual spirit of God. He is everywhere and he can even be in our hearts. So who is this Holy Spirit? I'd like to pick up on a little bit of um, what the Bible says. And we're looking at a version app, if you want to follow along. It's John 16. It's a bit of a big passage that I'm going to read, but bear with me. There's some words that are highlighted in green, so you can kind of um, take what you need to, and then I'll unpack them as we go. But the bit that I'm about to read in John 16 is where Jesus is about to go to the cross, the way of the cross, where he's going to die and go back to the Father. And he's promising his disciples, his best buddies, that he's going to leave a spirit with him, a spirit helper. And they are absolutely bamboozled. They have no idea what he's talking about. Let's have a look. Let me read it to you. So this is Jesus speaking. In fact, it's best for you, friends or disciples, that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And I'll explain that word a bit later. If I do go away, then I'm going to send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness or purity, and of the coming judgment, the world's sin is that it just refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you won't see me anymore. 
And judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Oh, there's so much more that I want to tell you, Jesus says, but you can't bear it right now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he won't speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future and he will bring me glory or point to Jesus by telling you whatever he receives from me. So who is this helper? I want to unpack just for a moment who the Holy Spirit is and then I'm going to show you three things from that passage that he actually does that you can take away from today. The first thing is is that it says, Jesus says to his disciples, it's best that I go away because if I don't, the helper won't come. Another version says the friend won't come. In the Greek, I don't know if there's anybody who speaks Greek here, so forgive me if I say it wrong, but the actual word for advocate is parakletos, which means the one who comes along beside. In other words, this helper is right here with us. He's ever-present and he can be our friend. He is God's voice, the voice of Jesus, who is now in heaven. It is his voice on earth that we hear. I wonder if I might indulge you for a moment in a little quote from a man called Graham Cook, who's already been mentioned once by Hannah this morning, interestingly enough. Let me just read this quote for you. It's about the spirit having the voice of Jesus on earth. Jesus is in heaven praying for you. The Holy Spirit is on earth living out those very prayers in you. He takes everything that is happening in heaven that concerns you and make sure that you connect with it here on earth. The Holy Spirit is God. He is the third person of the Trinity, three in one. It's like the three fingers but on one hand. He's not off on his own floating around doing something else. He is God He is the very spirit of Jesus that is on the earth. I think that's amazing. He was present at creation. The Bible says in Hebrew that he was hovering over the surface of the deep in the same way that a bird would hover over its nest when it's ready to awaken the eggs that are under it. And guess what? The same Holy Spirit that was present at creation is present now. And we can all have access to him. So I wonder, is he awakening something in you today, just like he was at the beginning? You see, the Holy Spirit is not some force. This was already mentioned earlier today in the Alpha video, actually. He's not some life force that comes and goes or that we can actually activate when we think that we need him. You see, his force is the very creative force that was present at creation and he's the one that makes the choices as to when he wants to use that force in you, though we have access to it. When I was praying a few weeks ago about um, what was it, God, that you wanted to say today on the 22nd of July to the people at NCR, There was one thing that kept coming back and back and back to me that I was hearing the Holy Spirit saying, and that is, dispel the myth that I am mysterious. Dispel the myth that I am just some force that hovers around and comes and goes. 
you need to teach people that sometimes we have to unlearn what we've got in our heads that's not right. I want to share with you one time when I had to unlearn something about the Holy Spirit. See, there's this song that we sing that says, Holy Spirit, come and flood this place with the atmosphere. I used to think that he would just roll in and roll out and we wouldn't see him and that would be it. But he's actually personal and intimate and he speaks right to our heart. So I was driving my car one day, which is a bit of a prayer bubble for me. If I'm in my car and if you wave to me and I don't see you, forgive me, it's probably because I'm praying. But I'm in my car about five years ago and I said to Holy Spirit, show me something deeper about who you are. And right then and right there, I saw this picture. It was on one Turner Road and it was on a bus stop and it grabbed my attention in a way that I would not normally feel or see. It was right in here. I went, as I'm driving, what? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He won't force his way into your heart. He's old. He's been here since the beginning of time, but he's not stale or stuffy. He's not a killjoy, and he's really into opening doors. (laughs) He wants to open the door of your heart. He wants to open the doors of your life that have remained locked. I wonder, would you open the door of your heart to him this morning? even just a little bit. There are three things that I believe he wants us to pick up on today about this passage we read earlier. The first thing is is that he convicts and he challenges the world of its sin. You might ask, why do we need to be challenged about that? Why is that so important? Well, you see, the human heart is selfish above all things. The world is bent on having its own way. It's like a default position, our hearts. Sometimes we really have to wrestle in order to do things that are good or right. You see, it's this, it's this idea of what we might call sin, which is like an age-old force or a disease that can infiltrate our heart. I was really struggling with this idea when I was writing this talk and um, I asked Holy Spirit, show me what that sin looks like. And that very night I had a dream which I would like to share with you because I think it really points out clearly what our hearts can be up against. I was in a house in my dream with a whole heap of you guys here actually, lots of NCR people and we're having a barbecue. It, It was wonderful, we're having a great time. And then all of a sudden up over this hilltop, this this purple kind of cloud or mist comes billowing over the hill and comes with an alarming speed coming down the hill towards the house. And everybody inside and outside the house is like, get inside, shut the doors, put the door snakes under the doors, shut the windows, get down. Because we didn't know what this purple mist was. The mist came down, went around the house and just dissipated. And everybody in the house was like, what's going on there? We're not dead. And we're all like, yay. I'm like, God, what does that mean? And what I felt he was saying was that that mist can be like the effect of sin. 
in our world and that house can be like our heart and that the Holy Spirit's role is to convict and to challenge us to shut the doors and shut the windows on that effect that comes towards us. He comes to convict and to challenge and to help us to live the right way. You see, because God's kingdom is freedom and peace and love and joy. It goes the exact opposite of what our hearts are naturally bent to do. His design is the best design. It would be like, for example, if I'm baking a cake, I would use a wooden spoon or a mixer to mix the cake batter. I wouldn't go to the linen closet and grab a towel and mix the cake batter with a towel because that's not what the towel was designed for. You see, God's design for our life is meant to be good. It's meant to be peaceful and harmonious. We need to work towards operating towards the way that we've been designed. It's like the Ten Commandments. People say, oh, they're terrible because they're just all these rules. They're like a killjoy. But in actual fact, the Ten Commandments are the perfect roadmap for life about how to live peacefully with each other and peacefully with God. Let me tell you about a particular time when I was challenged by the Holy Spirit about the way that I was living and the way that my heart was. I'm going to use my bad wife day as an example. I don't know if any of you have bad wife days or bad husband days. And I'm not asking you to think the opposite. I'm asking you to think about yourself here. So Rodney and I have this way of um, working the household in regards to the ironing. And that is we iron as we go. So if we need a shirt and there's no shirts that have been ironed, we get the ironing board out and we iron away and off we go to work. That's how we roll. But last Friday, there were no shirts that were ironed and I was there making my latte. Nobody disturbs me when I make lattes. That just should never happen. And Rodney comes up with a really creasy, crinkled, unironed shirt. And he thought, I'll just make a bit of a joke with Cindy. And he comes up and he stands right next to me while I'm making the latte. Am I right? And says nothing, but stands there. And in my interpretation, I think, oh, he wants me to iron his shirt, even though I'm making my coffee. And in here, I felt this little, don't go there, <laughs> don't react, just laugh, he just wants to have a joke with you. Oh, but no. <laughs> no, 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 Cindy gave him the whole gamut of the Friday morning stress talk. What? You want me to iron your shirt? You go iron it yourself. I have to work two days a week. I have to study. I have to bring the kids to school. I have to go walk Rufus. I have to go pack the lunch. I have to go and ring. And Rodney's standing there thinking, what happened to you? I just wanted to have a joke. So he turns around and walks the other way. And then Holy Spirit says to me on the inside, I warned you about that. (laughs) And then I had to go back and apologize because I knew that I was not doing the right thing and I was not contributing to harmonious living. It's not the way we were designed to be. I wonder... Do you need some conviction in any of the areas of your life? A little bit of challenge perhaps? Maybe he's convicting you right now. Maybe. We could either resist him or we could go with him. The second thing he does is guides. You might say, why do we need a guide for life? Why do we need a spiritual guide? Well, let me share a little story with you about this beautiful place. This is a volcano in Bali. 
and we're actually standing on another volcano looking out at sunrise over the view. And in order to get to the top of this mountain, we had to get up at 3 a.m. from Cockroach Hotel because there were cockroaches all over the place. It was terrible. We were actually quite happy to get out of there at 3 a.m. But we got to the bottom of the mountain at 3.30, pitch black, and there were about four or five Indonesian guides that were ready to climb the mountain and back down again six hours every day. It's what they do. But there they were, guiding us all the way up the hill. And at one point, right near the top, where it gets this sort of um, this loose rock, this shale, and you have to scramble up. And we needed to get to the top by sunrise, and we'd had our rests, and the guides were saying, come on, we've got to push, we've got to push, we've got to get there. We've got half an hour before the sun rises. And I'm so unfit, and I'm bringing the whole team down because I'm so slow. And all of a sudden, this nature guide, his name was John, just picks up my arm as I'm scrambling up this loose shale and pulls me up back onto the track, and off we go. And I wonder whether that's what Holy Spirit does with us in our spiritual life. To stop you from stumbling, to help you make good decisions and not bad decisions. He will guide you in truth. He's going to pick you up when you stumble. you just got to make sure that you're following the guide because he's been there and he knows the road and he is good. I want to show you this lovely picture. Now, I'm wondering whether there might be a few little giggles here, but bear with me. There is a point to this picture. Okay, so I have all my ducks lined up in a row today. I have three of them. Now, Rodney has not yet heard this story, but these ducks have been sitting on our windowsill in the shower for, what, six months now? And um, lovely patient Rodney has never bothered to ask why I actually have them there. So today you will know. I will reveal. So this is the way that I pray every morning when I have my shower. That's, That's another bit of a prayer bubble for me. But there are three of them because there are three persons to God's trinity. There is a Father, there is a Son, and there is a Holy Spirit. So when I'm washing my hair, I might say, Father, help me to dig deep today into who you are. Show me the treasures of your love for me and your love for the world. And then I might pray to Jesus and I say, Jesus, that life-giving water that you promised that I can drink from, please give me more of that today because I can't live without it. And then I get to Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, Help me navigate today by who you are because I can't find my way unless you guide me. We need a guide like the Holy Spirit to be able to guide us in all truth. He's going to point us to Jesus and he's going to speak the truth when we can't find it. A little while ago I had to make a massive decision and I was 99% of the way there. And this decision was going to cause a big impact, either good or bad, on my family. And after months of praying about it, I really thought that God wanted me to do this thing. But I didn't have a sense of peace. And so I texted a friend who often prays for me and I said, Annie, can you please pray for me because I really feel like I need to make this decision by tomorrow, but I don't have peace about it. And she texts back immediately. She goes, well, that's weird because when God's spirit leads you, he always brings peace. And I had been awake for months and obsessing myself with what I thought was the best decision, but I wasn't being guided by his peace. That lack of peace meant that I was about to make a really bad decision. And I got saved at the last minute from making a really bad choice because I realized that the Holy Spirit guides with peace. And I wonder if some of us here today have ever been in that position where we go, you know what, I just need peace about this decision. Maybe that's you.
The third thing that he does, so we know he's the helper, we know that he convicts and challenges, we know that he guides us. The last thing he does is he makes Jesus known. He points to him. This way, look up there, there's Jesus. He's the one you need to see. That's part of what Holy Spirit does. And the reason why I call him Holy Spirit and not the Holy Spirit, why I slip into that sometimes is because he's personal. I don't say the Rodney or the Troy. He's Holy Spirit because he's our friend and that's his name and I think it's wonderful. He wants to make Jesus known because the world is vying for our attention, constantly distracting, constantly pressuring us. Get busy, get productive, make the money, pay off the mortgage. But he wants to show us Jesus because Jesus is the one who brings in this new kingdom of freedom and peace and love and joy. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to say, look at the king. Look at Jesus. Look what he's like. Look what the king has done. And he's constantly pointing us towards him because that's where freedom is found. Every day I pray, Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. When I'm in a staff meeting, show me Jesus. When I'm on the road, show me Jesus. When I'm in the church, show me Jesus. When I'm in Aldi, show me Jesus. (laughs) When I need to buy those boots and there's a line that's about 50 people thick, show me Jesus. Give me patience. You know, for me, when it really became real, when it went from my head knowledge into my heart knowledge was when one day I went up for prayer at a conference and I went to the lady at the front and I just said, I feel like there's something more. And she said, oh, there is. And I said, what? Because I'd been following Jesus already since I was six and made a really big public decision when I was 18. But you see, I hadn't been practicing the presence of God in my life. I knew who he was, but I wasn't being aware. And I wonder whether that's the same for you, because it will change your life. So how do we apply all this stuff, this big banquet, this feast that I've shown you this morning? There are three things that Jesus talks about in this passage. He's speaking about his father and how the father longs to pour out the Holy Spirit on his people. He says, which of your fathers, if they love you, if you ask for bread, will give you a piece, no, will give you a stone. Or if your child asks you for a fish, will give you a snake instead. If your father on earth who already loves you like that does that, how much more will I give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? So I wonder if today, whether we might be able to ask and seek and knock and get hungry for the presence of God in our lives because there is something more. You were never meant to go it alone. You were never meant to just know Jesus up here in your head. I wonder if we could make that transition from the thinking to the experiencing Three things. Ask. I wonder if you might ask today for the first time, Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Or if you might ask for the billionth time, Holy Spirit, please give me more. Or you might say, Holy Spirit, guide me today. Imagine that best friend helper right next to you every day who wants to pour more out. 
I have this pillow here that my brother gave me for my birthday quite a while ago and it says, when all else fails, take a nap, which is great when your body is tired. But when this pillow landed in my hands and I unwrapped the paper and I saw it and I went, oh, that's actually not true. Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment because he never fails, right? Jesus never fails. You don't need to go through your life thinking that you have to be on your own because he's going to be there for you. Ask and he will come. You could become aware of his presence like you would if you had back pain. You're constantly aware of it, aren't you? And you're so limited by what you can do. If you become aware of the Holy Spirit in your life and you look for evidence of him and you're practicing his presence, then you are not limited. You are not limited. And lastly, if you would just knock, if you would keep knocking, the Bible talks about praying without stopping. Keep knocking, asking, hungering for him. He will transform your life like you've never known before. So much joy and so much freedom doing life with God. So I wonder if I might just invite the band up as I give you this little weekly challenge. Three things. Ask. This week, just every morning, would you just have the guts to go, Holy Spirit, can you guide me today? Because I have a feeling that sometimes we can go weeks without asking. But what would happen if we asked? Could you imagine? Holy Spirit, guide me today. Or seek, become aware of his activity this week. Ask him, show me where you're working. What are you doing? And lastly, knock. Be hungry. Because he wants to show you a world like you've never known before. He's real. He's personal. He's going to walk alongside you. Ask, seek and knock. And if you need prayer today, come and get it because there's lots of it. He's got enough to go around.